Hello, it's Andrew May, and welcome to the Performance Intelligence Podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. Optimize performance through adapting your physical, psychological, and emotional state. In this Bite Size from episode number 67, John Quinn, who is a mental skills coach to elite athletes and sporting teams around the world, talks about his experience working with children in Christchurch and what he thinks young children need to be taught in schools to ensure they have the best start in life. John explores why he thinks experience with failure and setback is a massive help in the long run. I also sidetracked him a little bit and we spoke about the notion that, hey, everyone gets a prize, everyone gets a participation award. Like me, that fired him up a little bit because what that teaches is don't do hard work, you get a reward. Could be a bit controversial this one, but I think it's a topic, a conversation we need to have. John also explains why he's really passionate about working with athletes to help them get clear on their identity. And when an athlete is clear on their identity, it helps them with inevitable setbacks in their career. And in researching you, I really like this piece you said, as far as working with school-age teams, quote, this is probably the key part. The earlier you teach athletes skills, the better. It's harder because you are almost selling the product and it's a product they never realise they need. Some young athletes haven't failed a lot. The analogy I use with them, it's like insurance. It doesn't matter how good you are at driving. It's how everyone else drives around you is what you should be thinking about. Training mental skills creates this insurance policy for things that can go wrong. Nice summary. Do you remember yeah, writing that? That's an interesting one. I still use it, but I can't remember that. But, and this is the thing, you know, especially I've been with the Crusaders Academy for nearly 16 years now, and you see that there where you, you have, and this is a very general statement, some aren't like this, but often the 18 to 20-year-olds, you shadow box it because they know they have to come and see you because it's part of you do a one-on-one or you do group sessions, and they always sit there and nod and grunt at the right time because that's what they're meant to do. And then they get to 21, 22, and then they start getting challenged because they're not playing or they're not playing well or they've been injured or they're not the big fish in the small pond. And often then they come back and go, right, let's do some work. And it's like, cool, now they're ready for it. And that's what I'm saying. We can't push this upon people and it's about building those relationships. So when they are ready to learn, and some are already at 18, but my experience is it's 22, 23, I think when the penny starts dropping, they mature a wee bit more, they understand themselves a wee bit more. They've, you know, grown into their bodies and they're actually understanding that, you know, my technique's actually really good and I'm really strong in the gym, but I keep making mistakes. And often, as you know, when, when athletes make mistakes early doors, they just train harder. You know, is I that the first time the that they've had some adversity? Because imagine the young players coming through in any sport, men and women. When they're good, they make the teams. They make the regional, the state teams. They make the national teams and they haven't had that adversity. So it makes sense. But what, what do you teach young skills? Is it just some basic fundamentals so if anyone is listening to this is there two or three key things you teach an 18 19 20 year old before they come to you at 20 or 20 22 23 it doesn't matter how it's the same stuff it's it's basic stuff around identity piece and that's that's the bit that sometimes work early sometimes doesn't depending when they're really but understanding who they are as a person first and foremost which because most of them are known as the athlete you know you know, that, that's their identity because it allows them to be called at school because when you get to school, everyone's worried about who where you fit. The jock's still pretty cool, so I identify as a jock. And then that, that, that piece there is a struggle for them when they actually aren't then playing because who am I if I'm not actually playing my sport? 
Let's not talk about focus. What do they need to focus on? And that's doing real basic stuff, goal setting. Most people goal set terribly. Um, we're such an outcome-focused society, and everyone sees you know, the, the Instagram and all those social medias as a highlight reel, and they think that's what they need to do. So really getting them to understand what success looks like, and particularly younger athletes, getting the parents to understand what success looks like. And as you touched on, you know, success is about failure. We don't let these kids, and this is again, generalised comment from parents, they don't let their kids fail anymore. Are you planning an upcoming conference or company offsite? For the past 15 years, I've averaged speaking at over 50 events each year, and I still love presenting at conferences as much as I did when I first started. To explore the different presentations I offer on a range of topics and themes, including physical and psychological well-being, becoming burnout-proof, connection and belonging, that's a new area I'm, I'm really enjoying presenting on, neuroscience and behavior change, mental skills and leadership and culture, or if you'd like to understand our fully integrated conference experience with pre-event diagnostics, activities throughout the agenda, including the morning wake-up, energy breaks, team-building activities, and digital resources to embed learning. To find out more information and to download a brochure, go to andrewmay.com slash keynotes. John Quinn, you're not going to use the F word in the first 15 or 20 minutes of our podcast. How dare you? You're going to hang up across the Tasman. Do not talk to me about high performance, champ, and mention the F word failure. Oh, what, are you negative? No, no. I, I, I hear sometimes really kitsch. And it's where the 1.0 positive psychology had a bad rap. If you think you can, you can. Thank goodness it's evolved that you know, positive psychology 2.0 is the whole range of emotion, the whole human experience. But I really like some of the readings and some of what I've heard you say on podcast. If you've got to embrace failure or setback, it's part of the process. If you're going to be great at anything, athlete, entrepreneur, worker, and can I just correct you? When you and I went to school, I think we're a similar vintage, uh, the athletes or the jocks were cool. It's the tech kids who are cool now as well because they have the startups, <laughs> yeah. right? And they have the jets and yeah. everything else that goes with it. So the, the tech kids have caught yeah. up. Yeah. But teaching failure or setback, whatever word, challenge, it's really important. Look, it is, and I think as parents, it's really tough because, you know, parents want their kids to, to do well, but the problem is you do well. And often I say to people, it's, there's a great, I think it's Nelson Mandela, I don't know if he said it or not, but it's his pitch, you know, I never lose, either win or I learn. And I, it's one I always hold on to with people is that, you know, we've got to get rid of the word failure and say, what have you learned today? And it, it's very cliche, but that's your growth piece. And I will, again, use the gym as an analogy. You don't grow the first rep or the first set. You grow when you're struggling. That's when your muscles actually grow. And it's how do we educate parents in this space that struggle's okay. I mean, everything around our society now is geared for comfort. You know, we ever have bloody wheels in our suitcases in case we hurt our shoulder lifting our bloody suitcase. So we have a society where it equates comfort with happiness. And because of this, if people are uncomfortable, they think there's something wrong. We're in high-performance sport of life. It's going to be uncomfortable. And so what are the tools you need when it is uncomfortable? If you, if, you know, if you can reframe that, here's a growth space you know, around it. And don't get me wrong, none of us like it at times, but we like the outcome when we get through it. So it's the same with our athletes. We can get them to understand, you know, what does success look like for you? Um, and success could be simple stuff. Get to bed at the right time. That's success because most kids don't get enough sleep nowadays. You know, planning your day out, having a goal for training, reviewing the goal after training. And that's what I've learned from the best athletes. You know, I think often when people speak with me, they get quite disappointed because I'm not telling them rocket science, but I'm telling them the things that they know to do, but they won't actually do it because it's too hard. Because what's easy to do 
It's easier not to do. But we want you the know? hack. And the best athletes do yeah. those sort of things. We want the hack, the, exactly. the biggest trick, the tip. I get really wound up on this wizard nose. Don't mention to me about getting a ribbon for coming 10th. Little Johnny, little Andy, well done for not trying. Sit there on your ever-expanding ass as a 10-year-old playing computer games, eating shit food, having no activity. We'll still give you a ribbon. I, I get really wound up and I've had feedback sometimes. I've said stuff like this. Some parents are like, oh, you shouldn't be saying that. I think, look, I've got four kids. I love them. But I struggle as well with this whole notion. You've got to let them struggle, but you do because if they don't have any challenge, when they get knocked down, which is going to happen at some stage in life, if they've been driven to school in a Bentley, I often say little Lord Fauntleroy has been given the, the gold spoon from age zero, it's actually not doing the right thing for your kids. Life's not like that. Look, it's not. No, look, the best analogy of the story is the old butterfly story, you know, when the butterflies in the cocoon and someone comes along and is struggling to get out. So someone comes along and cuts it so it makes it easier for the butterfly to get out of the cocoon. I'm going to hash the story a bit, but the gist of it, by doing the struggle actually allows the wings to grow, the, the blood to get through the wings and the butterfly to actually fly. But by making it easy for the butterfly, the butterfly actually can't fly. So we think we're doing the right thing, but we're actually doing the wrong thing. And don't get me wrong, there is times when you have to support your children and the struggle is not okay, but it's not fair to struggle. And, and that's my concern. And, and, and we're seeing this in sport too, is that kids are giving up because we're rewarding the wrong stuff. And it's not about, you know, we need to reward the effort. We need to, you know, that character strength stuff, reward that, not the people winning. And this is the real challenge at schools. It's the same kids going across the stage. Well, most schools, it's maturity ID, not talent ID. The bigger kids or the ones um, who have, got more skills but generally the ones who win stuff and who are better at sport but by the time it gets 18 20 talent's irrelevant and we see this over and over again so how do we still reward the right you know the kid who's persevered in class all year and, and sat on a b how do we reward that kid for really persevering and working hard instead of always rewarding that kid who gets an a plus because jack, jack shit you know around and that's the battle schools have got because parents you know they like to be able to see what, what their kids are achieving where for me it's it's the character piece. You know, I always say to my kids when they used to come home, Dad, I got an hour. I don't give a shit what you got. Did you work hard? Because that's something that I'm interested in, because that's the bit you can control, you know, around it. And at times I used to get quite annoyed, but eventually I started getting the message is that if we work hard and work smart, the other characteristics you can always control. Will you always achieve your goal? No, you won't, because that's not life. But you will get better. And it's the same with athletes. You know, just because you got this goal, everyone else has got it. But if you can get closer to it, one step closer to where we were. Hi again, it's Andrew, and I hope you really enjoyed that episode. We would appreciate if you helped to amplify the Performance Intelligence podcast by sharing episodes with your friends and with your colleagues by going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help get the message out to a wider audience, and I love reading the comments as well. If you'd like to know more about booking me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite, or purchasing one of the books I've written, including MatchFit, or if you'd just like to receive my monthly e-newsletter, which is called the AM Edition, that has stacks of information specific to all things human performance, go to andrewmay.com. And we'll see you on the next edition of Performance Intelligence.